Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello there, everybody. It is nice to talk to you again on this kind of a show as we welcome you to the debut episode of We Got Next here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, which will be an interview type of podcast. I know a lot of people have been wondering, when are we going to do another interview show, Mike? It is right now. But this show in particular, we're going to be focusing on fighters that are looking to make that step or are currently making that next step in their mixed martial arts careers. First of all, I am Mike Heck. Thanks for checking out the show. And to give sort of the Cliff Notes explanation of the format on this program, for the most part, this is going to be a look at the up-and-coming talent in the sport of mixed martial arts. I have been saying forever when people ask for advice and all of that to interview everybody, interview the prospects. That's what this show mostly is going to be about. Talking to names you may not know about, names you may know about, but these names are getting that spotlight finally, making the most of their opportunities. Fighters you could see in a high-level promotion or just competed for a high-level promotion. All sorts of different ways, different paths that we can take on this show and I'm happy very excited actually to help shed some light on that talent on those fighters who have great stories and are ready to make their mark ready to make some big moves in the sport of mixed martial arts and this week on our first show we have essentially exact opposite tales which will be a lot of fun to get into so this show is going to drop every Wednesday morning here on the MMA fighting podcast network And I'm fired up. Let us not waste any time. Let's get into this thing. We got two interviews to get to. And like I said, this week, a little bit of a different direction than most weeks will be on the show. So stay tuned and that's that. So wrapping us up this week, we're going to talk to Matt Bissett. 35 pro fights. He had two fights in the UFC, 10 fights in Bellator. But in the New England region, I grew up... Lived in Massachusetts for almost my entire life. Matt Bissett is a name that is well-known in the region. And he's pretty much been the face of CES MMA for a long, long time. And I bet you're thinking to yourself, how does 
Matt Bissett, how does a guy with 35 professional fights, a guy that's been in the UFC, a guy that's fought for Bellator many times, how does Matt fit in with the theme here? And to be honest with you, he kind of doesn't, but in a way, he sort of does because he's opening up a spot or two for the next wave of talent in the region because on Friday, the mangler, Matt Bissett, became a two-division CES champion. He was already the featherweight champion, He took on Ryan De La Cruz in the main event of CES 64 for the vacant lightweight title. And Matt went out there and dominated. It was one-way traffic. He went on to submit De La Cruz with this really slick and nasty reverse triangle. And in many people's eyes, I don't know, it's definitely up there, but in a lot of people's eyes, that was the very best performance of Matt Bissett's career. And a lot of people feel like he's in the best form of his career right now. Even then, he gets on the microphone after the victory, becoming a two-division champion, and announces retirement from the sport. So Matt Bissett's going to give his first interview since his sort of surprising announcement. And in this conversation, he reveals something that's, that's pretty shocking about his fighting career over the last several years, including his UFC run, that he hadn't told anybody before outside of his coaches, his wife people in his pretty small circle so stay tuned for that coming up a little later on it's a great interview with Matt Bissett I've been talking to Matt for years and was very excited to get to chat with him post-retirement and uh you can judge for yourself but I feel like this is a decision that's gonna stick but first kicking us off this week the very first guest on the show there were some names some breakout performances that had a lot of people in the MMA space talking this past weekend. We had UFC Vegas 37. We had Bellator 266. We had the Bellator debut of Joel Romero. Phil Davis got the win. Anthony Smith had a great performance. But nobody had people talking in our great sport more about than Ben Parrish, a.k.a. Big Tuna. Big freaking Tuna, who kicked off the Bellator 266 main card on Saturday on Showtime, and as a 7-1 to underdog, making his first Bellator appearance, goes out there and pulls off one of the biggest upsets in the company's history. Knocks out super prospect, John Jones' protege, Christian Edwards, in 38 seconds. And that's just part of the story. Because this guy is very unique. He's a character, but in the best possible way. And... Like I said, he's big freaking tuna. He is big tuna. And I really enjoyed this conversation. We talked about a lot of different things. We basically hit record and we got after it. And we talked for almost 40 minutes. And it just kind of flies by because just it's just so interesting and so fascinating. So the first guest in the history of We Got Next is big tuna himself, Ben Parrish. After that, we'll hear from Matt Bissett. And then we'll kind of meet up once again to close out the show. So here he is. Big Tuna. All right, we move ahead to, in my opinion, the man whose stock rose more than anybody's this past weekend, regardless of promotion, Bellator, UFC, any of them. Ben Parrish, who pulled off statistically one of the biggest upsets in Bellator history this past Saturday at Bellator 266, knocks out Christian Edwards, took him just 38 seconds to do so. Short night at the office for Big Tuna, who is kind enough to join us right now. Ben, how are you? Doing good, man. I'm a little tired. I actually really haven't slept since the fight. Um, we stayed up super late, walking the 
uh, streets of San Jose and uh, airplanes and all that after that. And uh, just pure excitement too. Um, like I said, but that some guy asked me on Saturday night when we were walking around, what's it like, dude? And I said, uh, brother, it's just Sunday. I mean, it's Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, and we're going to be back at it on Monday. So when I get done with this, uh, I just got off work. I went back to work today, dropped my daughter off at school, back to work. And when I get done with this, after, right after work, I got another interview and I'm driving straight to the gym. I've got two amateurs fighting in Memphis for Attitude MMA this weekend. And uh, we're going to kick off the week strong, man, get right back on it. So you got to go from, you know, you, you go from fighter, guy gets a big win, and now you got to be dad and you got to be, you know, Ben Parrish, the worker, and just be a normal guy again. Is that, I mean, you've been doing this your whole career, right? It's, it's, it's not much of a transition, is it, at this point in your life? Um, a lot of people, like in my family, are messaging me saying, man, you're like famous now, or like you're the closest to anything. And I was like, no, I'm me. There's one of I'm one of a kind, unique. You don't you don't worry about fitting in when you're custom made. I try to tell everybody that all the time. Um, and you know, I'm on top of having a coach Saturday. I'm also refereeing because they need somebody to do it. I referee on the commission here in uh, Mississippi, and that'll be in Tennessee. So it'll be my first or second time doing it there. I can't remember if I've ever went there. Wow. Are you judged too? Or have you, have you judged any fights? I don't do the, I don't do the judging. My brother is a judge. Uh, I don't, cause I mean, reffing it, let me tell you, reffing's harder than fighting too. And the fighter in me and even like with Christian Edwards and people have been like, no nah, man, all day when I'm like, man, I'm gonna tell you, I kind of feel bad for him. I don't feel bad about knocking him out. Don't get me wrong. But like, you gotta think, I just crushed his dreams and mine came true. That's the nature of the sport. And it's kind of, it's kind of painful to, um, you know, admit that, but, uh, had to be said, uh, I don't really like hurting people. I like, I really like winning though. And I'm really good at doing that. And yeah, it is what it is, but right back on top of things, man, I don't want to stop here and slow down. Yeah. And what's interesting, you talked about, you know, your family saying you're, you're a celebrity now you're a star. And I, and I know you didn't seem all that surprised. Your, your circle of people were not all that surprised with what you did on Saturday night. They were post all for social media, take that line, take that line and make yourself some money. But you have gotten a whole bunch of traction since the knockout win. Did, did you expect all this attention? Because you were the star of the card. You were the star of the weekend in MMA. Nah, not really. I mean, they didn't, they didn't love me when I was beating people up for, for 10 years. So like loving me now, it's great. But like, does it affect me? Nah, I'm going to tell you, I do a lot better fighting on television in front of however many thousands versus fighting here locally where everybody I know is, is in the, is in the crowd watching. There's more pressure. I feel like there, but that being said, I would love to sell out the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville or the FedEx Forum in Memphis because I know you get me, Hannah Guy, Jaleel Willis, just to name a few. I don't know if you know who T. Cummins is fighting for the LFA title this weekend. Yep. You stack you stack all of us on there. You let me fight Rampage Jackson in Memphis. It'd be pretty cool. I'm telling you, I'll sell it out. I've been getting a lot of messages from people all over, especially all over the South, but all over the world even that if like they either had somebody bully them or they didn't have a lot of confidence 
you know, you could fill in those lines however you need be. They might be depressed or whatever. But, you know, I told them I'm right here with you. Um, I'm one of I'm one of you. I'm just me. You're just you. All you can do is be the best you. And nobody's going to be mad at you if you fall short every now and again. But you should always try your best. Um, and boy, uh, that that right there in itself, like I said, mission complete, man. Uh, even one person telling me that, much less a couple thousand. But I've answered like every one of the fans that I could, and it's it's overwhelming. I need to hire somebody to do that. But, uh, <laughs> Were uh, you um I, like uh, a lot was made about you know the odds for the fight, or were you noticing them throughout the build? Like Christian is is over I mean, minus one thousand favorite. Yeah, he was six. He was six to one the first time we were supposed to fight, and six to one the next time. So I'm really like surprised it shot up to eight and and a thousand. Even some places had it six. One place had it sixteen hundred. Oh really? So yeah, or, or a minus uh, sixteen hundred. And if I'd have known that, I would have probably Pete Pete Rose that bet on myself. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. I have. It would be like that, and and like man. They didn't know I got some friends that's got some money in the Mid-South MMA Mafia. And, dude, they made so much money. I posted a lot of the ticket stubs. Oh, it's starting to rain right now. Oh, I, I posted some of the ticket the ticket stubs. And one guy that owns a jewelry store in New York cashed in 30 thousand dollars, man. He was like, man, I just seen you and you. I said, man, don't judge a book by his cover. I'm like the American Fedor. Next thing you know, you're like. Is that crazy for you to see, like somebody winning thirty grand on a, on a fight of yours? No, man. I, I told him, did you enjoy that? You uh, you ride with me. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take that one for free, man. I don't even want to cut. That's amazing. So I, I have I have so many questions for you, Ben, and and we'll get back to the fight itself in a moment. But people clearly want to know more about you since Saturday. People want to know who Big Tuna is, and and you've been fighting. You mentioned you've been beating people up for ten years, at least from like the record boards that I've seen, like topology and stuff. You made your amateur debut in two thousand thirteen. You're from Tennessee. When when did this all begin for you? Like, how did the legend of Big Tuna, oh. the MMA fighter, come to be? All right, so. In like 2008 or seven, and I've been watching MMA since about 2003, maybe 2002. My dad's a big fan, Tank Abbott. Okay, you know you know who that is. Oh yeah. Uh, so, I mean, love Tank, and we watched. I think it's UFC 43 when he came back to fight Frank Mir, because Frank Mir had, you know, they brought him out. They brought Tank out there to the ring. Said we're gonna bring some life back to the division. We were like, all oh, my dad's like, whoa. <laughs> we had to check that out, dude. I just fell in love with it after that. And you know, back in the day, they might would call me a tough noob. I watched Ultimate Fighter, uh, Chris Lieben, Force Grip, and all them guys. Um, 2008, I was playing football, and they took me out of football because of my math grades. And like, I just had to count backwards from a hundred. Uh, in increments of seven to pass my neurological exam, in California, and my math is really good. So, like, I, I struggled with it. So, I pretty much, pretty much, why I dropped out of college. I did two years in college, junior college, and I was fighting, man. And I had some stuff come up. It, it always comes up in your personal life that's going to thwart you. And it was either stay in school and finish one more year, or take the ball and run with the fighting career, man. And, and my first fight was in 2012, October, 2012. 
another thing about that is like they watch these videos like i heard josh thompson talk about he watched some of my videos and john and i'm sure christian edwards did too but can you not check the timestamp on the video when it was posted and you'll see like this is you know 2012 was about to be 10 years ago not even close that was my very first fight it's not even close to the same techniques shape any of that stuff so why would you even bank off of that but despite that I, I, that guy fought me he had just, he was like two and oh he looked twice my size even my own dad thought i was gonna lose a lot i think a lot of people thought i'd lose my first fight too his name's montreal grant it's on youtube somewhere smashed him bro i mean i, be, I beat them all uh, and it's just because i i'm a master at what i do and and i think a lot of the image really plays into it you know, they look at me, and I, I saw it when I fought the Mississippi State strength coach, Bob Steiner, when Dak Prescott and him were there. I touched on that. I hope he hears about that because I feel like when when I starched him, I feel like the football team, he didn't stay at Mississippi State very much longer after that. And I don't know if they hounded on him or made fun of him too, but, I mean, he's a tough guy. He would whoop every one of those guys on their team if they ever did that. I don't know if they did, but just want them to know, like, mad respect to Bob especially. And uh, love beating those state players. Kept, I kept, uh, kept on and on and on. I went undefeated. Uh, I did have a loss as an amateur, but it was a really terrible call from the ref. The ref was just, it was awful. I fought, rematched the guy and beat him. Beat everybody else. Um, I'm only lost as a pro. And, and people also say how big and bad Christian was. They've never heard of a guy named Teddy Holder uh, that I beat for a regional title. Uh, he, he knocked out Tiago Silva, who's a lot more dangerous than aforementioned Christian Edwards or, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of people. Um, yep. And then I've worked a job and had all this other stuff going on the whole time. I worked at sawmills. I've built couches. I've did uh, desk jobs. I mean, I've done it all and uh, put myself through it, man. Nobody ever helped me except my brother, my mom. And past that, my dad, I don't really, uh, I love all the love and support that people are giving me. That dad has always been there. But, you know, like physical help or anything like that, they, they, they helped me get through it. You know, there's been times that when I broke my leg, you know, I couldn't even walk and had to have help jumping in and out of the shower. And, and to bounce back from that, and I told Morrow and them that I would kick him with my left leg because, I mean, I will. I, I, I fear nothing. And when you're not, I don't know. You know I, I started going back to church a lot too um, here recently. And like when you don't fear dying, especially, and I thought I was going to die the, the night I broke my leg, they gave me so much pain medicine and just all things considered the adrenaline dump, almost vegan diet, making middleweight. I've always got hurt trying to go to middleweight. I've said, I'm just going to stop. I've made it three times and I got hurt every single time. I tore my ACL, I broke my hand and I broke my leg. And I just said, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to stay at 205. Or when I hit people, they hit the ground. And, you know, I'm still I'm faster than, than most light heavyweights are walking deep freezes. And I put them on ice. Turn them inside out. There you go. Can, can I ask where the nickname came from? Because there's nicknames out there that, that, that take over even the actual fighter name, like GSP and Thug Nasty. Like, you, Big Tuna. I feel like Big Tuna. I, I feel like the nickname has taken out of life. Because... Yeah, I, Thug Nasty is my cousin, man. I've known Bryce Mitchell since I was 19, since I started fighting, since about 2012. We both fought on a show in Memphis, Tennessee together. Um, but, yeah, Big Tuna, I have a boxing coach that I've worked with 
um, from Boston, Massachusetts. His name's Dr. Mark Romano. He's a chiropractor here in town. He's one of my sponsors now. Um, he started calling me that, and uh, I didn't know that it was because I got I, I kind of throw around a New York accent every once in a while. My dad's a Yankees fan, um, and he, it was because there's a mobster named that. And I always ate tuna all the time. It's probably my favorite. I would, I would rather have a tuna steak than a ribeye most times. And uh, there's also a movie called The Other Guys yep. where he was he's like, oh, you big tuna. If, if you were a tuna and I was a lion, I'd swim out the sea and eat you. And he's just <laughs> like, no, you could never do that. He, he said that that was something that I would say, which is true. <laughs> never happened. 900 pounds, 600 pounds easy on a, any given day. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, so I thought for, for a minute there, because of, you know, you're, you're a young man. I thought maybe it was from the, I know on the off the TV show, the office, Andy called Jim big tuna. And I don't know if it had anything to do with that. I'm going to catch a lot of flack from this, man. I, I can't get into the office. I try. You can't. And a guy actually recommended that to me. Wow. All right. Hey, listen, I'll give it another chance. I mean, this was when my leg was broke. So I was in a lot of pain <laughs> and uh, nothing was really sitting well with me. So I just cut the TV off. Uh, you ever watched the Sopranos? Probably my favorite TV show right now. I, I agree. I didn't watch it until, until I broke my leg. As a matter of fact, I've never seen it, but I feel like, I felt like junior when he was a prison in his own home, you know, like, oh, yeah. leg, you know, if they can't go train. Oh man. Are you going to see the movie? Oh yeah. And hey, uh, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hate on uh, Deanna Bennett's coach. I don't know his actual name. I forgot. I had a lot going on, but I, I asked him. They're from New Jersey, and I was like, "Oh, we got the Vinny Saints of Newark in here." And he goes, "Why does everybody always associate New Jersey with the Sopranos or Jersey Shore?" And I was like, "Oh man, settle down. The anti-Italian movement over here. Still was talking about." They're like, okay, I know they give you a bad rap. I'll, I'll, I just left them alone after that. I can understand the Jersey Shore, but I mean, come on. The Sopranos is one of the greatest shows of all time. Yeah, it's a good show, regardless of, you know, yeah, anyway. So uh, I, I liked I liked a lot of what you had to say after the fight. And I know in the post fight press conference and in other different avenues of, of, of putting your thoughts out there, you address the trolls. You thrive on the trolls. H has it always been like that for you? Because some people ignore yes. it. Others get powered up yeah. by it. Why is it the latter for you? Brother, I, I grew up playing uh, in the Halo 2 and 3 and Call of Duty lobbies. Like, there's nothing they can say to me to, to hurt my feelings. And uh, I've I just always thrived off of it, man. It's like something about, like, actually wanting me to lose or get hurt anything you know all things considered that they could possibly say to me i just take it i'm like okay we'll put that back and remember this we'll come we'll revisit this later and we could talk we could talk about it and and i did man i went full jay and silent bob strike back me and my brother taking turns going back in the comments you know hit him with the question mark hit him with the <laughs> quotes screenshots all of the above I, I've, I've even got flagged and now mind you i'm, I'm not like I don't try to be super ugly to anybody. Um, and I've had some pretty, pretty ugly stuff said to me that I've got screenshot and I just laugh about it, but I called a guy a bitch. And, uh, Cause I said I would bitch slap him or something like that. And they threatened to ban me on Instagram. I screenshotted it, posted it on my Instagram story. They were threatening to ban me. And I'm like, do you understand how many things I've been called in the past two weeks? 
And uh, it's okay. I'm letting, listen now, I want everybody to hear this. I'm letting everyone who harmed me verbally, physically, any of the above. Don't let me forget that note there. Um, I'm going to let you off the hook. We'll give you a pass. One last, one last time. Look at me when I say it. One last time. Do not doubt me again. Do not bet against me again. My own people here in town, at, at home, surrounding areas, Memphis to Nashville, Little Rock, Atlanta, Baton Rouge, West Monroe. You know what time it is. Get on board or you're going to be left out in the deep water. Last morning. And the bullying thing, I've never been, let me clear that up too. I've never been bullied. You can imagine why. The, the few times it was attempted, they were thwarted because the neighborhood I grew up in, I was the youngest of 10 boys. My buddy, who's also an undefeated pro MMA fighter, I'm going to try to get him back in the game. His name's Daniel Morgan. You remember his name also. If you think I'm dangerous, he literally invented hit people like I hit Christian. Okay, We come from a karate background. That's what my base is. I started in 2008 to, uh, to lose weight. I had heart problems at a, at a young age when I quit football. I, forgot, I think between me being kind of ADHD and a little excited, I, I forgot to touch on that. That's really what got me started. I was like, man, if I'm going to play a sport, I'm tired of playing team sports where there's politics. And like, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing first and third down and the coaches' kids or whoever's playing, not the, the who's who in the yearbooks get to play, whatever, man. I want it to be on me. So I love, I love um, fighting because you can't blame anybody but yourself at the end of the day. And, you know, my, I think a lot of people are going to be really stunned when I tell you this. Like, I don't even – I technically don't even really have a coach. My, my coach is my jiu-jitsu coach, Cody Floyd. He's black belt, but he's 170 pounds, and, you know, he's not a striker. I'm really more of a striker. We're really the coaches. So I'm literally training people while I train for these fights, and I've always done it that way. And everybody's always said, Ben, you got to go top team. Ben, you got to go to Jackson. Ben, you got to go to – Sanford, which I would love to go to Sanford MMA with my guy Saul Rogers, Coach Jones. I love hanging out with those guys this week. Um, but I don't have to do anything, let's be clear. They're not going to make me anything better except for the looks and the rounds. Right? Like I've been studying MMA for 10 years, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like instead of going to college, I got a master's in mixed martial arts. That's that's my it's gonna be it. Bryce Mitchell says the same thing, man. Yep. Bryce Mitchell sparring you know with the the kids class if they come in there and want some like he's just doing the work you do the work everybody like you don't they don't make it any more complicated than it than it has to be five minute rounds um mixed martial arts you know the rules unified rules if you don't go listen to big john mccarthy he helped write them did, did i hear at the press conference that you said because this is the third time this fight was booked with christian edwards that you were that if 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 this fight fell off again, that you were done fighting. Is is that is retired? Oh yeah. Okay. So why 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 that decision? Walk through this. Um, it's late or early March this year. I'm at my girlfriend's house, walking around in the front yard, playing with my dog, and. Um, manager calls me and he asks me to fight um the guy that fought rumble goo goo for that friday and i was like i mean i, I don't need to 
but I would love, I would love to, and in, in theory, but you know, like they want to book it like on their next show, give me at least three weeks. And he was like, nah, just don't worry about it. Just, you know, I'll call you back. And well, like another week went by and he called me back. Matt Wobble with first round management, by the way. Um, he, he called me back. He says, uh, Hey man, you're not going to believe this dude. Are you ready? And I was at work this day and he told me the deets, the contract, all that. And I literally started to cry. I was like, hell yeah. How long do we got? And he was like, like five and a half weeks on the dot or something like that. And I was like 240 pounds, 235. I don't even really know. And I was like, okay, well, I know what to do. You just make sure everything's squared away and I'll be there. Fast forward montage, Uncasville, Connecticut, at Mohegan Sun. Um, made weight. I just had a feeling that morning when I woke up, something wasn't right. Um, call me crazy, but and then sure enough, and I actually told my corner Nathan Medlin that was with me. I was like, man, something don't feel right, dude. Wouldn't this is this never happened to me? I've never had an opponent. I've had an opponent back out one time, and I got a replacement. And most of the other times that I had back outs or whatever shows canceled, it's just because I couldn't find anybody to fight from around here. They didn't want to risk it for biscuit. But I've always been down to get in there, man. And like he, Matt talked on that, you can scared money, don't make money. You want to sit at home and fight cans? Be my guest. Not me. I want to get shot out of a cannon, and, and that's what I want next. I want you know something fun, something uh, something the fans will want to see, man. Like I said. You saw the Crow Cop shorts, the Mauricio Shogun ground and pound, and the Fedor stand-up. Like, I don't feel like I need to tell you too much else, man. They can think whatever they want. Like, I really don't – I don't care. I could tell that John and Josh doing their little interview and hats off to them too. I hope they're not mad at me because I kind of – I broke their balls a little bit. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, you know, here comes my neighbor. Don't be alarmed here in a second. You're, you're, you're about to get to see, like, what life in my neighborhood is like. Um, he, um, <laughs> what's up? He comes, uh, uh, he comes, uh, you know, I, I took no disrespect really, um, to what they said, but like, dude, I know what I'm doing out here. And if I tell you that I'm fast and it's not necessarily that I'm fast, I may not be able to run a four flat anymore. So, uh, I, you know, you want to talk to Mike Heck real quick? What's up, man? <laughs> Getting get to know the whole big tune his whole neighborhood. You see my car out here, man. I actually hit the I hit a 200 pound doe, um, literally the week I was going to Connecticut to fight Christian Edwards the first time. And it's a lucky, I mean, it took almost I drove it home and it's like I, I fixed it. I got to get a new battery and some stuff for it, but it's a lucky I didn't seriously get hurt up by that. Yeah. I'm, I'm seriously thankful by that. Like, I mean, it was it was could should have come through my windshield. I had my Bible sitting on the dashboard, and I think it's the only thing to save me, but wow. So, fight cancels. Thank, thank God for Bellator, and uh, they still paid me show money. They still paid me show money and all that, and uh, and uh, then I had to uh, go home and just sit there like, dang man, now what? Uh, never had that happen before. No replacement, and then they they rebooked it immediately. I was like, awesome, six six weeks. Uh, sorry about that. Man. Right. <laughs> you never know. Uh, six weeks. Uh, did it again, man. Same routine, same practice. You know what I mean? Like I said, you fight a tall, skinny striker, 
there's only so many ways to beat him. There's only so many ways he can beat you. If you if you really watch, it's a lot to look at in, in 38 seconds. I think Robin Black could probably figure it out. But watch my feet, watch my head, watch my hands. Just leave it at that. And then I, I'm literally like I felt bad, and I thought it was just from back-to-back camps. I didn't take any breaks. Um, run down, felt terrible, beat up. I actually got cut. You can't tell it now, but the week I was supposed to fly out, I got cut. Uh, pretty I mean I was bleeding pretty bad but uh, I wasn't going to say anything and then Thursday I took with a Wednesday before off because I was so like just beat up I thought I could use the rest the exact same still grinded out five minute five five minute rounds on the pads with my guy Frankie Schubert and uh, I'm feeling pretty good after that and then the Bellator people call me the doctor calls me and tells me I got COVID I can't come And I, I chalked it up to just being sore, but it really I had a viral infection. And my body was just, I mean, my hips were hurt really bad. My knees, my elbow, everything was hurting. And then I lost my taste and my smell, and I knew they weren't lying. I knew it wasn't false. And uh, yeah, I, Edwards still fought one, and I honestly thought that they would um, – I honestly thought that they would uh, – bump him up and I told him that after the fight I talked to him after the fight and told him what I thought and what he needed what I thought he should do and I know he makes enough money now he can he's really only he's young 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 he's got all the time man he just needs to get better fix his defense rework his offense and everything else fall in place man they'll take care of him over there but um I thought they would bump him up and uh didn't leave much hope for me I told um my manager to tell them, I mean, I'll fight anybody you got just for the chance. It ain't, you know, um, doesn't matter about time. I'm in shape. I went on vacation, come back. And then like he was, my manager thought maybe our best option was to do a regional fight and defend my championship here at home because he didn't think they were really going to play ball. I mean, well, look at me, look at my record coming off a loss to be going from laying in the hospital bed for three days to fighting on national TV, opening up Showtime Sports. I, I love Bellator's announcer. The only thing that I would have loved to hear was would be Jimmy Lennon Jr. You know, calling my name out. But I mean, I think I think I did, I think I did well on that man. Uh, and get the win like that. I mean, I knew I would do it like that. And if and if it didn't go like that, if I didn't lay him out or he didn't lay me out. I don't know what would have happened, man. I think I, I think I could have beat him anywhere, and I know he felt the same way about me. Um, but I got a lot to show, and I don't think anybody will believe it when they see it. Like I said, they're going to discredit me, Mike. They're going to say it was luck. They're going to say all the lucky punch, fluke, broke clock right twice a day, all of the above. And, and I was telling him, man, I'm, I think I'm going to retire if they don't give me this fight, or I'm going to do this regional fight. and if nobody wants to sign me after that, I'm just going to retire on top and um, or as top as I can get. Because, I mean, I'm getting old. Uh, you know, I'm fixing to be 29 next week. Um, a lot of injuries. And so the only thing left for me, I just live my dream, man, fighting on Showtime. You know, how many, I've watched every strike force. I've watched so many boxing events on Showtime. Um Anything left after me is, is making money and having fun. And if I'm not having fun, I don't even want to do it. And it's, it's got to that point where it's not fun. I'm having, it's more like work than 
anything else. And it's hard. People don't understand how hard it is until you do it. And, um, but I never gave up and I don't think anybody else should. Now there comes a point in time, like I'm responsible. Also, I have a daughter to think about my, my own health to think about. I've just thought, you know, anything else for less than what I would be making to fight for Bellator or any of these big promotions, which would, would just the, the risk would outweigh the worth. And, you know, I might break my other leg or tear my other knee up. And it's always a possibility and always will be, but, you got to be committed and anything like that. You know, the, the monetary gain kind of helps. And I, don't, I never did it for the money, man. I just wanted the chance to show, like, we can get down down here. That You know what they should do? This is a million-dollar idea. They really should hire, like, an MMA talent agent. I sat by the um, talent scout for the San Jose Sharks on my way home. He was going to Arizona and then going somewhere else to um, – but I got to thinking, like, and I should do that. Like, I could do that. Um, when I get done, I think when I get done fighting again, I think that's probably what I'll do because I know who all the up-and-coming guys from the top of Tennessee to the almost tip of Florida are amateur and professional. And this is all I do, I've done for a little bit over 10 years, man. This is all I do. This is all I know. Um, that's, that's pretty much icing on the cake for me, man, just getting that W – showing them that I wasn't lying, telling the truth, truth to set you free. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Matt, you could talk to Matt. You could be like Matt's little, you could be Matt's talent scout for, for first round. He's got, he likes the up and coming guys anyways. He's got a good eye for talent anyways. Believe me, I've talked about him. I don't know. Maybe I had to make him a believer too, but (laughs) but think about it. Think about if uh, the UFC or Bellator had somebody hired to do that to make these people you find these people like me that you've been missing that can work that can get on the mic and they can get in the ring that's what you want man you want those guys you need them or the sport's gonna have i'm not gonna bad mouth anybody i'm just saying you don't there's certain people that you don't want to you don't want to get popular but yeah you know so you sent out a tweet earlier that caught my eye and a lot of other people's eyes that your mom was booted off of MMA Reddit because she was defending you against trolls. Is that true? What, what the hell happened? I don't really know. Um, she was telling me about it earlier. I, I don't, I can't actually confirm that they booted her off, but I don't think she would make it up. <laughs> um, and, um, I tr- I'm trying to uh, run the, all my social media myself and stuff right now, but I got my brother helping me with my Twitter account. I don't really like using Twitter. He relays any information I need to know to me. Um, he probably posted that. I actually didn't know that, but um, I did. I did know that they, they booted her off the Reddit, and she got on there. Getting she probably just she probably just threatened them physically. Honestly, like she we're not going to talk about it where I'm from. We just get it going. That's unbelievable. Uh, I, I can tell you, Ben, since Saturday, you have become a favorite amongst everyone here at MMA fighting. And actually, before I finish that thought, that was your first fight with Bellator. You get a big win. And I know you mentioned Hannah Guy. She was in a similar spot not long ago. She did not get a contract right after, at least at this moment. She didn't get a multi-fight deal. I know she's got a regional fight coming up. What is your status with Bellator? Do you have a deal with them yet? Have you had any discussions after that? Matt, Malky, and Abe can talk to him, man. I don't even – I'm not going to say I don't care, but I just – I want something fun. I'd love to make 
more money, any of the above, man. I mean, I'm just happy to be here, really. Dream come true. Uh, past that, man, like I said earlier, just have some fun, man. Come on, put me in there. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'll fill in for that guy to fight Nimkov. Dead serious. Like, I don't fight Fedor if you want me to. See, that'd be but, fine. So, know, let, let me, let, let me. Let me tell you this, all right? Because here's since Saturday. I, I don't want to get on here. I can't. You get out of here. Okay. <laughs> oh, my yeah, how'd you get out of here? Wow. Escape artist. No, what what we've been saying since Saturday yeah. is uh, one Bellator should lock you up ASAP. They should sign you to a to a hundred fight deal, and not only that, they should strap the rockets to you, big tuna. And, and the fight, I think that we all thought should be made is you versus Yoel Romero and just throw you in there at the big dog, give you a big name. I know you mentioned rampage, but just give you another chance to sort of shock the world. And I know you're under both whatever, under brother. the same umbrella. That's the fight I want to see. What, what are your thoughts on you versus Yoel Romero? I think that's, I, I, no one would frown at that fight, Ben, not one person. I'd be down, man. Let's do it. I'll fight Phil. I'll fight whoever. Anybody. You know what? You know what, Joel? Manchester, London, Las Vegas, Cuba. I'm, I'm there, man. I'm here for it. I just need to know. You give me plenty of time, because like this time, this time now that I got a little notice, I hope. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it my everything. I'm. Gonna, we're talking. We're talking three days. It's the whole nine. Like I mean, right now I literally work seven to three. Pick my little girl up from school. Drive 30 minutes straight to the gym, work out for an hour and a half, drive home, rinse, repeat. Some morning sessions, some doubles, you know, as much as I can. I just do – I work with the straps I'm given. But, man, I'm telling you, when you got this on lock, I'm playing five-card poker with seven cards, my friend. When do you want to get back in there? When do you want to fight again? Either ASAP or um, next year, beginning of next year, because uh, – <laughs> Most people are asking me why did I go back to work today, man. It's, it's easy to spend money. It's not easy to make it. I got a really good job. Um, I'd like to talk with them too and get them on the same page as me. Like I don't, I'm, I can't fight forever. So I always just want this to fall back on when I get older. Um, Cause I have to, I need, it, you know, I, I gain weight and all kind of stuff. I'll see you, bro. Um, I think um, either ASAP or next year, but I want to I want to put everything into it. I don't have any vacation hours left. They probably let me off, but holidays coming up, man. I haven't had any time to spend with my daughter. Like I'm actually when I leave here and go to the gym, we're gonna go train for an hour. I told her we had to um, go into um, do something fun, man, uh, with her because I just I've been so busy, man. We don't we, I don't get to spend a lot of time, and I've even told like a lot of amateur fighters. And, and it's not about the money. I train them for free, but like, don't waste my time. Like when I, I told one guy, don't train him for a boxing match. And I, he, he got to yin yin me. And I was like, how many times you worked out since last Friday when we talked about this? He started typing and it was real long. I said, just stop typing and tell me the number zero. You know what I mean? Don't waste my time. If I'm out here grinding, suffering with no free time. Guess what? You don't deserve any either. So you want to do this. Nothing's free. Agreed. Uh, last thing, Ben, I, I know you want to spend some time with your daughter. Uh, a, a few minutes ago, as we record this, and I don't know if you posted this or your brother did on Twitter, 
a photo from eight years ago popped up. You got a pride hoodie on, you got a homemade belt on. That's just... Okay. A, po- a photo came up on your Twitter is from eight years ago and you got a pride hoodie on, you got a homemade yeah, belt on. It's this yeah. people's champ. You got the long flowing locks of hair. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, me. so I'm it's curious. Life, man. I believe you. I believe you. If you could go back right now and talk to that guy in that photo for five minutes, what would you say to him? Keep going. That's what I'd tell him. The only thing left is the world championship. I'd rather get it sooner than later. Sit, man. There you I'd go. Tell him the same thing. I'd also, I'd also tell him set your low kicks up better. But <laughs> even, even in the Edwards fight, there was a, there was twice I threw him and he just didn't. The when I rear legged him with my right leg, that one hurt, like hurt him. But like uh, the, he almost caught, he almost caught me with the the cross there. But when he threw it, I knew that's the moment I knew. Um, that I had him because he just didn't have that pop. He was fully measured off. He should have really hit me hard, at least knocked me off balance. And I said, man, you know what? I may just jump inside and go toe-to-toe with him and make him run from me. Because he wasn't running from me. His coaches failed him in that department, I think. I mean, and, and you know, I told him, he said in the interview, he's just a jiu-jitsu guy. I slammed that high kick off his guard and was like, oh, you just jiu-jitsu, remember? And I could tell right then he was like, oh, okay. And they all, when I, when I low kick them really hard, and I know it has to hurt bad. Um, he, I seen it come over. I'm like, he's going to come try to get me out of there because he thinks he can. And, and I saw it, man. I saw a perfect opportunity. Like Mauro said, he switched to southpaw and I hit the cut over. It, it's funny. John, uh, Big John said it was similar to Bisping Rockhold. Um, I didn't, I didn't copy Bisping for anything, but we did watch that, uh, fight the day before the fight in the hotel room because we were bored. So it's kind of funny to see that. It was oh, wow. Similar. That's awesome, man. I think you got a lot more fans now as well. Congratulations. Incredible performance. I love seeing when guys and gals have their moments and they come out of, almost out of nowhere in the national scene, the global scene, and the, their stocks rise as quickly as yours is right now. It's just an amazing thing to see. So well done to you again, Big Tuna. Looking forward to seeing what's next for you. And if I'm Bellator, I am getting on the phone with Matt Weibel and I'm signing you up for the long term. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. move ahead to one of the big winners in the sport this past weekend made him of ces 64 became the ces lightweight champion his second title pretty slick submission win over ryan de la cruz reverse triangle in the third round it was one-way traffic and then he announces his retirement from the sport right in the middle of the ces cage so let us say hello 
to Matt the Mangler Bissett, who was kind enough to join us just a few days after this surprising announcement. Matt, how are you? What's up, man? I'm doing good. It's good talking to you. Good talking to you as well. First things first, congratulations on the win, the second title, and on one hell of a career. Matt, you and I, we've been having these chats for several years now, and I didn't think we'd be having this type of conversation at this point in our careers, but life is a wild ride. So a a few days later, is there, would you say there's like a sense of relief, some weight lifted off of your shoulders now that the fight is over and the announcement was officially made? (laughs) I think the 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 weight was lifted off my shoulders as soon as I uh, as soon as he tapped out to the reverse triangle. Um, today I want to fight. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I just been I just been doing this for you know almost fifteen years. Every single day, two three times a day. It's all I wanted to do for so long. Um, but like I'm completely content with my decision. Like I'm not going to be you know, that guy that uh, retires and then comes back two, three times. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, but it's, uh, it's just something that I've done every single day for so long that <clears throat> it's, it's in my blood. Like I want to fight, I want to compete. And like uh, training was always like, do it because you love it. But the end goal is compete, win, get better, you know, grow your status throughout the sport. Uh, now, like the goal is different. The goal is just to, I guess, have fun and, (laughs) you know, get better uh, and then pass along my knowledge. And it's just something that I'm going to have to get used to. You kept telling, and you're a terrific self-promoter, anybody who's followed you throughout your career. And you kept telling everybody in essence, this is the fight you don't want to miss. If you watch one fight of mine, make it this one. And I, and I think we know why. And of course this is supposed to be the big grudge match with Bruce Boynton. All people have to do is follow both of you on social media to get both sides of that story in regards to what happened there. But this seemed, at least in my eyes, to be your decision for a while now. Like, when did you have those conversations with yourself, your family, your team that this next fight, that's it. We're done. I mean, um, I, th- I think I honestly, I, I, I told everybody about it um, in like a, a Facebook live or I think it was Facebook, Facebook live uh, back when I first got the call to the UFC. My wife and I decided that fighting Jamal Emmers was going to be my last fight. And that was at the beginning of 2018. Uh, it was going to be my last fight. And, uh, you know, it was obviously a really sad moment. 12 hours later, I get the call from the UFC saying I'm fighting. So it was like, oh, my God. It was like everything changed at that moment. So, you know, I, I fought my fight in the UFC. And then <clears throat> and then I, I got another fight in the UFC. Um, and, you know, I lost both those with pretty close fights. And, uh, and then it was like, all right, you know, we're out of the UFC, but I can't go out like that. I fought dueling and that was a great fight. And I just, I, you know, I felt that, that rush, that, uh, a victory again. And I was like, you know what, let's continue this. And like, there was always on the talking to my wife, like, so what's next? So how many got left? How many got left? And, uh, we decided upon two left, um, last year, like middle of last year. And, uh, it was going to be, they're both going to be for, uh, so the goal was to, eh, no, the goal changed a little bit, but, um, there was going to be two left. And then I took the short notice, semi-short notice fight against Jeremy Kennedy uh, for Bellator. So that was one. And then it was going to be one more left. Um, I also told uh, Jimmy Jr. and Pat Sullivan that I was I would like to take the lightweight strap and then drop down and, and defend the featherweight title one more time. Um, but that was before we had a couple big doors open in our lives. So um, those those aren't going to be addressed 
uh, in this interview. Um, but you know, um, probably five months ago, maybe ish, uh, it was 100% landed on that. This was going to be the last fight. Um, it was going to be September 17th, no matter who the opponent was. And that's why it was so frustrating for me that, uh, Bruce did what he did because there's no fight now. Um, and it's not like, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's been decided I'm done. And, uh, my life is more than just cage fighting. And, uh, you know, I think people, people understand that most people understand that. And then there's going to be a select few that are like, dude, you got to keep fighting, not after a performance like that. And I'm like, I get it. Cause in my back of my head, I'm like, dude, you got to keep fighting, not after a performance like that. But, um, I'm, I, I've been Matt Bissett a lot longer than I've been with Matt Giller. So, uh, moving on. What was the walk to the cage like on Friday night? I mean, the decision was made, win, lose, or draw. This was it. <laughs> Knowing that was the last time you were making that walk, doing it in CES, you've been, I mean, CES is home to you. It's, you're, you're one of the face of the company. You've believed in them. They've treated you so well and vice versa. How would you describe that final walk to the cage? Yeah, it's, it's funny. That's a great question because I've had that walk, like the last walk, about a million times in my own head, in my head. Like, what's it going to be like? What song am I going to walk out to? How many people are going to be there? What's it going to be like? Uh, how loud is it going to be? Where is it going to be? All this would like go through your head. And then like, um, you know, when I, when I walked up to the CES curtain there, I was like, fuck yeah. Just got so content real quick and um, like real, real quick. And I honestly didn't think about anything else except for the cage. So that walk to the cage, it was just all business, man. There were people to my right and left and like, couldn't tell you exactly who was there. It was just like, fuck man, business time. And it was like, it, as soon as that clicked in, I never, I didn't think about anything else other than the fight during the fight. I didn't think about the walk, the last, the, 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 the last hurrah, nothing existed except, except for get it done. And uh, I'm glad that happened because I've had, like I said, 36 fights. Not one of the times have I ever thought about what was happening in my life outside of that fight. Um, and that's one thing that's always crossed my mind. Like, am I going to be able to like not think about X, Y, Z while I'm in the cage? And, and you're always like, am I going to think about this, that, or the next thing? So you got a lot of, everybody's got a lot of stuff that's going on in their life. And are they going to be able to manage those emotions and thoughts throughout like the the craziness in the fight. And I've never once thought about anything but the fight. And I've, uh, I guess that's just the, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just the, the gamer and the focus that I've had. When you sort of put that timetable on everything, like two more fights, September 17th, this is it. How important was that for you to like have an ironclad number in place? Because like you said, especially in this sport, you're, it's Monday. You just retired on Friday. And the feeling you have just because you're so used to it is that I want to freaking fight again. Like I'm content with the feeling, but I want to go fight again. Like how important was that for you? Because it's, it's hard to make that decision. 2018, you thought about it and then things changed. It was two more fights. It has to be two more fights. Like how important was that to actually put a solid number on it? I guess, honestly, I guess it's probably everything. Because yeah, uh, there's always going to be that voice in the back of your head that says, dude, you can do more. You're, you're, you're killing it in training. You know you're getting better. It, the fact that you just did what you did um, for the, the, the second title, two-division champion for CES, like nobody's done that. You got to defend them. You got to defend both. 
You got You can keep going. And I know I can. That's the frustrating part. <laughs> the frustrating part is like you're retiring on top. You're retiring after a lot. People can't ask me like, dude, that's the best performance you've ever had. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, very, 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 very few people can do that. Very few people can just hang it up after something like that. They wait too long. They lose two, three. They become BJ Penn. They become Anderson Silva, or they're just losing all the time. Chuck Liddell, you know, and nobody wants to see that. And I never wanted that to happen to me because, you know, time is undefeated. Time is undefeated. If you, you've waited, long, uh, waited around too long, you know, the, the younger, hungrier, faster guys, they're going to catch up as you get slower. You know, it's just like if you're up here and they're down here, after a while, you're going to come down and they're going to go up. It's just it's how it is. Time is undefeated. So um, I didn't want to fall into that. So I guess, um, you know, making that definitive decision to make September 17th my last fight was crucial. Like you said, it was a tremendous performance. You look great, dominant. You locked the triangle in on the third. He tapped, and then all that emotion came out of you. Like you said, it's all everything, just the, the freedom, the weight lifted off of your shoulders. Yeah. And I've seen you finish fights before. There's excitement. Sometimes you're a little bit stoic in there and making, you know, great will politics, great photos of the aftermath. You're making weird faces and there's blood everywhere. But this was obviously very emotional. So outside of just weight flying off of your shoulders, like how would you describe <laughs> the feeling that came over you on Friday night once you tapped? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, like I said, during the fight, I don't think about that at all. Um, and as soon it was as soon as he tapped, I didn't think about the fight at all. All I thought about was the release. It was just like instantaneous where I was like, you're done. No more stress. Like you don't have to think about, you don't have to like, as soon as you're done, you don't go in the back, like who's next, what's next, you know, got to get back to training. It's just like this never, it seemed seemingly never ending grind, seemingly never ending like mind fuck of like just this battle that goes on in your head, like who's next, how the fight going to go. It's, it's so fucking stressful, man. If you've, <laughs> it's so stressful, but you, all you do, is like, it's like a drug me. You just want more and more. And, uh, it's crazy. Like there are people that have, you know, a hundred fights. <laughs> how do you go through that constantly? I don't know how I went through it for 36 fights. It's, it's a lot, bro. And like, people ask me at like five, eight, 10, 12 fights. They're like, I'm still nervous, man. I don't know if I could do this. Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you stay stoic? How do you stay, you know, uh, at ease? I'm like, I don't, you just fucking figure it out, man. Um, it's, it, it doesn't get easier. You just know what to expect is what it is. You know, um, like sprinting before fights, it sucks, but you just know what to expect. Um, so you just embrace it. You just go in there knowing like exactly what's going to happen. Uh, it, all you're going to think about is cutting the weight. Once you get the, you cut the weight, you're going to feel really good about making the weight. You're going to eat after your first meal. You're going to go, okay. And your focus switches. Everybody else at the table is like, oh, so happy. Like cutting weight, you're fighting tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, like you were happy. And now you're like focused. You know what I mean? And then you go to bed that night and like, you're okay. But as soon as if you wake up during the middle of the night, fuck going back to bed. Cause now you, you're like, I got 14 hours before the fight. Can I sleep? And you're trying to nap during the day. You're like, am I going to be able to nap? Like what, how's this fight going to go? It doesn't matter who you're fighting. You could be fighting Diego Nunez or you could be fighting, uh, who's my first fight? Uh, Christian Correa, 
You know, you could be fighting the, the top, the bottom, whatever. You're, you still have those same nerves and there's nothing you could do about it. Fight one, fight 36, they're going to be there. You just got to embrace it. How did you sleep Thursday night? Uh, Thursday night, I slept up while I was in my own bed. So it was nice. <laughs> uh, but my daughter has had uh, um, a, a little cold, stuff, just super stuffy the past two weeks. And she has woken up countless times throughout the night, every night for two weeks. So um, my wife and her were going to go sleep at uh, her mom's, but that changed. So they slept at the house. So I woke up five, six times. I didn't sleep for crap Thursday night. And it was just like, whatever. It is what it is. Like, she's my daughter. You know, at the end of the day, it's just one fight for the rest of my life. And I, you know, I'm dad for the rest of her life. So um, that's, that's number one. I got to make sure she's okay. So I didn't, you know, I didn't go sleep in a, uh, I didn't go sleep at a, um, a hotel or, you know, ask Ashley to leave or anything like that. It's just like, you deal with it. You know, the pre-fight, uh, pre-fight stressors. And then after the win, you get a nice send off from your friends, teammates, fans. What was that like? The, uh, the, the post-fight mangler after party. <laughs> What's funny is, uh, was it like two or three days before the weigh-ins? My, co- <laughs> my coach, uh, in this group message with, uh, my wife and Jeff and um, Hey, just want to let you know that there's a surprise party for you right after the fights. Um, only 100 people can go because of COVID. Um, but we didn't know exactly who to invite, who you wanted. So here you go. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, dude, I got a fight coming up. My last fight, you're going to, you're going to put this on me. So now I'm going to invite like only hundred people. I got to make sure that they show up. I got to like, what are you doing, bro? And like, it was funny, but obnoxious at the same time. Um, but we probably had like, I don't know, roughly to 60 to 80 people, uh, in and out throughout most of the time. So it was a, it was a perfect number and it was really, really cool. Russell did this perfect speech. The guy's, the guy's amazing. One of my best friends, um, shout out to Russell leak. Um, he did a, a really, really good speech. It was really nice. And then he goes, all right, I'm going to turn the floor over to Matt. I was like, all right, do another speech, I guess. <laughs> so I had said some nice words and then, uh, that was that it was just, I have a couple of drinks, have some food and, uh, yeah. Awesome night. Yeah. Russell, I, I, I was the ring announcer for the last ammo card and Russell cornered a few fighters and dude motivated me, man. I got up and yelled into that microphone after hearing Russell give some corner advice to his rounds, man. That guy's a motivator. Is he not? He's got some, uh, he's a veteran. (laughs) He's cornered a couple (laughs) fights at the lowest level and the highest level. A lot of guys that have just fought their first fight at the very lowest level of amateur. He's cornered a ton of uh, just regular smoker fights. But even then, like Russell was talking to me last week, he's like, um, you watch somebody win their first smoker, like my, my brother-in-law, Dominic, uh, he won his first smoker and he was so pumped. And Russell said, you do a lot of times, uh, you put your time in with a guy like that, who's just in here every day, busting his ass. And he has his first smoker fight and it's not even sanctioned, you know, it's just like go out there and, and do what you can. And he gets a victory and like, you feel more rewarded after, uh, you know, after he wins and after, the seeing him go through those emotions and, and being excited and proud of himself, you get more uh, from that than you would me after my first UFC fight. You know, it's like those are two entirely different things on the spectrum. But at the same time, like I get it, I get it. That first fight is pretty amazing. 
We saw Russell on ESPN Plus a couple of weeks ago because he was cornering Carlos Candelario, who fought on the Contender Series once again, lost a close decision. I thought he won that fight. I think everybody who watched that fight thought he won that fight. And yeah, he gets a contract anyways, which is pretty cool. So you seeing that all play out and watching Carlos after everything he's gone through since the first time he was on the Contender Series to bounce back, fight, get a win for CES after the long layoff, and then like a week and a half, a couple of weeks later, go on to the Contender Series and get a contract. What was that like for you to watch? That was awesome, man. That kid puts in, he's, he's, an, he's just like me in a sense, like he just shuts up and works. Show up, shut up, work. That's it, man. Um, like, I think we're both different people during training too. Um, I'd like to think of myself as a goofball, someone who's just constantly playful. Um, and I think Carlos is very, very loving, very playful as well. But then when it's, it's time to train, it's just like laser, like focus. You're, you're, you're there for a reason. You're there to get better. And I honestly, I hope that's a little different now that I'm done fighting. <laughs> I hope that I'm a little bit like more approachable. Um, but you know, um, he works, man. He, he just shows up and he works. Um, and, uh, to see something cause he's had, he's had a lot of adversity over the years too. He's broken his arm during grappling competitions. Uh, he's obviously tore his ACL in a fight. He's had, uh, several different things happen during fights, during training that have put him on the fighting on the back burner over time. And he has had to, he's had this X amount of years training and competing, but only, uh, nine fights now, nine fights, right? I think he's nine fights. Um, he could have fought more, competed more had he been injury free. So, but like, like I said, he just throws some Windex on it and just gets back in the gym. You know, it's, it's a shut up and train mentality, shut up and fight mentality. He's got that too. So it's, it's good to see him uh, achieve what he's always set out to achieve. So the door opens for him, professional MMA, that door closes for you, decision made, professional MMA career is over. You know, this is a question everyone asks in time like these, and you said you're content and you don't want to be that guy that keeps bouncing back and forth, but can you definitively say 100% you fought your final fight, nothing <laughs> will ever get you back? Yeah, so the, there's, yes, I can. And the reason I say that is because, um, two reasons, uh, one, because my, my job is incredibly time consuming. Um, and a lot of times I'm with my daughter first shift. I work second shift. As soon as my wife gets home, I leave. And then a lot of times I'm drafted to third shift. Also I'll be up for over 24 hours at a time. So if I didn't train during that day that I was with my, my daughter while she slept, now I'm not training for two or three days in a row because I have to sleep the next day. And then the following day, I'm dead, exhausted, tired, and I might get drafted again. Um, so like time is just like a lot of times, you know, if I'm working seven days in a row or nine days out of 10, uh, my training schedule is all over the place. Uh, so and it's, it's really, really challenging. Uh, the past two fights, I was my own training partner for 90% of the time. I was downstairs busting my ass as hard, hitting as hard as I could for as long as I could on the, on the heavy bag. I'd do like one 60 minute round as hard as I could the whole time or six, 10 minute rounds with a minute rest in between, or like, uh, you know, um, interval incline or interval, um, bike sprints or, you know, some sort of high intensity, uh, lifting, um, mixed with bike sprints downstairs, something to like that I <clears throat> needed to, uh, simulate myself without somebody else, which is obviously very challenging. And the, the second thing is, and the most important thing is I hate leaving my daughter. I hate it. It's, it sucks, man, because like, you know, you, 
you go to work, that's one thing you have to do it. It's, it's, you know, it's something you have to do. I don't have to fight, you know? And I always in my head now that I have her, it's just like, she's like, bye dad. I love you, dad. I love you, dad. Can I wave bye? And it's like, fuck my life. And it's, you know, I've, I've done this for me for so long. Uh, and uh, it, every time I would leave, she's two and a half now. Every time I would leave, it felt so selfish. And um, I knew that, uh, you know, you can't do that forever. And uh, it hurt me. <laughs> and I don't want to make, I don't want it. I don't want her to be old enough to realize that it hurts her too. So I'm done. Good for you, man. So you're, you're happy with this decision. You're content. You're, you're, you're not a guy who lives with, with a lot of regret in my eyes, the many conversations, not a lot of regret (laughs) coming from you. And you fought for some of the the highest level regional promotions. You fought for the two biggest promotions in the world multiple times. Do you have any, like, I don't know if regrets the word I'm looking for, but is there anything you wish you could have done in MMA that you didn't get the chance to? Yeah. Uh, won all of my fights. <laughs> I wish I never lost. That'd be sweet. Um, no, uh, <laughs> you know, my only goal I think was to reach the pinnacle of the sport, that being the UFC and fighting the UFC. And I did that. But as soon as I it was honestly, like, as soon as I signed the contract to fight in the UFC, I was like, fuck, I got one more goal now and that's winning the UFC. So, uh, the first fight was really challenging. Obviously I took the fight in six days notice had to cut uh 20 something pounds in five days which fucking blew and uh and then my okay so here you go i'm gonna say this because i but i never told anybody this except for like my close close training partners me and my coach um and my wife but i've had a fully torn acl since 2016 um and yep fully torn and uh I just, I'd fought and it was really bad for, uh, the Peterson fight. I actually tore my medial and lateral meniscus, um, and my MCL the day before signing the contract to fight Peterson. Um, but that was my only job at the time. So daddy's got to come home with money. It's just how it is. If you don't, you know, had I taken X amount of time off, then I'm not making money. My wife's having to work more. I'm having to either do a crazy amount of privates or whatever. It's just a lot of uh, last stress that comes with that. And like I said, as soon as, as soon as I got, uh, as soon as I finished that reverse triangle, like a lot of stress and relief was lifted. There's many, there's many, many layers to that, that answer. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, I've been fighting on uh, one and one and a half legs for uh, what? Five years, probably a little five years now. Jeez, man. Are you going to get, we're going to get this fixed now, right? We're going to get this all fixed. No, maybe. I don't know. I don't don't know because, uh, honest, I've, I've, I got the, the muscle around it, uh, doing what it's doing. I'm, I'm walking a little differently. My bow legged is a little bit more on fleek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't, uh, I don't want to be out for a year. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when I'm older, maybe. Then you got guys like Forrest Griffin who just he his 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 tour fully too and he just never got it fixed and uh he dealt with it, you know. So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Favorite fight of your career. Like you've had some battles, you've had fights of the year in New England, the in the Mangler catalog of fights. What's 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 chapter one? 
I dropped my phone. It's all good. Um, I I made this list the other day, or actually uh, the other week, for people. Um, but it's I guess it's changed now. <laughs> I don't. That was number one. Friday was number that, one. That that yeah, that's the new number one. Um, and I think because of just all the implications that came along with it, how the fight went, how I felt I performed, um, how I felt before the fight, where it was, when it was, and the retirement involved and all the reasons leading up to that uh, decision of retirement. Yeah, just so much that came along with that. Number two being Diego Nunez. Yeah. Number three, probably being uh, Anthony Caponis. Uh, Anthony broke my nose six minutes into the fight, and I went in, went on to win a very razor close uh, split decision in 25-minute fight. There was blood all over the place, all over the place. And uh, after the fight, it was almost like you're expecting people to like, be cheering and, like, and amped, and like they were, but it was kind of golf clapping because they're like, they just witnessed a fucking an absolute war. So there's like, <laughs> Who won? What the hell just happened? That was insane. And uh, you know he's limping off into the, the into the corner because he's. I just kicked him in the leg like thirty times. His blaze leg was like black for a week. Um, and my my nose is jacked up. There's blood all over the place. And I look up at the crowd and I, the first thing that popped in my head was blow a snot rocket of blood, make a smiley face with it. So I was like. Pfft. And I just go, I made a smiley face and everybody goes, ah, I just started dying, like just so happy. So I was like, and there were pictures of that smiley face and blood for a while. I don't know where it went, but uh, yeah, that was at the Plymouth Memorial Hall. It's like uh, the old Coliseum style uh, fights. That was, uh, that was a great, that was a great place to fight. Is that the fight you feel you grew the most from, or is there a different fight that, that takes that spot? Well, that was the first one that I had shown everybody really who I was, that kind of adversity, overcoming kind of adversity during the fight. Um, and I think once people saw that, they're like, oh, wow, this kid's he's, he's he can win. He's talented. He's got a lot of fight in him, but also like he don't he don't quit. Um, so I think that was like a, an eye opener for a lot of fans. Um, but I always knew who I was. And then last last question for me. Um, opponent you wish you had the chance to fight that you didn't get to fight? Come on. Besides, Come on. I mean, we, we know it's Bruce, but we know it's Bruce, Come but on. like dream matchup. I don't think, would you consider Bruce like the dream matchup? No, I just wanted to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted. I just wanted to fuck him up. Listen, I'm going to say this before I answer that question. Um, I'm not going to say names. But somebody important came up to me after the fight and they said, listen, Maddie, completely straight faced. Listen, Maddie, if you showed up like that to fight Boynton, you would have completely fucked him up. And I was like, I know. This is what I've been telling you. This is like, I, I know. And they're like, oh, man, I just never seen you like that. And I'm like, I would have fucked him up. And he goes, yeah, you would have fucked him up. Like without smiling, just like, and I was like, ah, "Fuck, I wish I had that fight." But I mean, I I guess other than that, <laughs> other than the obvious answer, uh, who do I wish I fought? Um, hmm, 
Charles Rosa in the UFC. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yep. Uh, Charles, I have a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of respect for him. There's no hate whatsoever for Charles. He works very, very hard. Um, he always comes to entertain um, a lot like myself in that respect. Uh, he's a gamer, bro. He's got a lot of submissions. He's got knockouts, uh, great cardio, uh, striking and uh, striking and wrestling and, um, and grappling to boot. Uh, I think that would have been a phenomenal fight. And I think that's one fight that, uh, that I guess I, that wish ha- that I wish happened um, in the UFC. Even I asked uh, Shelby for that fight a few times, but uh, it just, it, it fizzled. Actually, I think I asked for the fight um, after or either like right before my, my second fight or, or right after the second fight or something. But um, yeah, it didn't work out. That would have been a cool fight. It would have been a cool fight, New England versus New England. But yeah. Matt, c- congratulations on everything, man. Good for you. You, you, like you said, you're you're content. I, I don't think just a lot of times I have these post retirement conversations, and I'm like, eh, he's coming back. I have, I, I don't think you're coming back. So I, I, I believe you when you say you're done. Uh, the reasons for it very clear, and uh, they make a ton of sense to me. So congratulations on the win. And I, I told the story on one of our podcasts the other day that. Early on, when I was getting my feet wet in this crazy sport of ours, trying to get to where I am at, not a lot of people gave me the opportunity to to interview them. And you were one of the guys that said, "Fuck it, let's go, let's have a conversation." Look at you now, bro. And look, look at us at now, now, Matt. We're bald. Yeah. We got beards. We're <laughs> we're li- we got families now. We're living the dream, Matt. We're living Hell the damn yeah. dream. Bald with beards, but we have families. So that's right. Somebody loves us. <laughs> somebody lo- <laughs> but congratulations on everything, man. It's uh, it. it those days stick out to me. I remember that first conversation to see where you're at now, to see that performance and see you go out on your own terms with two titles. Phenomenal stuff, man. Congratulations on everything. And uh, when, when are we going to hear the news on these big doors that, that, that you're not going to address specifically here? Soon. Soon. All right. Yeah. Soon. Not super, super soon, but soon. Yeah. It's soon, soon-ish. 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 All right, man. Well, good Maybe for you, man. Month, month-ish. Monday. <laughs> ish ish we'll ish something we'll ish good stuff man thank you again for the time and uh thank you for all the great performances and the great fights over the years yeah mike thanks for uh thanks for this man good talking great stuff right there from that and he actually sent me the video of the moment where he tore his acl and it is pretty gnarly but I, I just got to say, and I, I, don't, I, I know I speak for a lot of other people, we wish Matt Bissett the very best on the next chapter of his life. He seems very happy. He seems very content with his decision, despite saying on Monday when we had the conversation that he wants to fight again, he's ready to go, but I truly think he's done. I really do. And I, I've had these conversations before. A lot of times, I don't necessarily buy it. This one, I buy full force. But congratulations to him on a fantastic career. Congratulations also to Big Tuna, Ben Parrish. What a star coming out of this past weekend. And why Bellator Brass didn't put a contract in front of him and hand him a pen to sign. Why they didn't lock him up on Saturday after that victory is it's puzzling. It's beyond me. They need to strap the rockets to that guy right now because they got something here. They should capitalize on that right now. Lock him up. Throw him a big opportunity. 
I love the UL Romero idea. A lot of people think like, oh, he's six and one, five and one, you can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can and you should. You should do that. But that's the show. Next week, a more traditional show. We're gonna talk to a couple of this season's winners on Dana White's Contender Series. One of these individuals earned a contract and will be getting ready to make an Octagon debut, maybe by the end of the year. While the other got a victory, remained undefeated, but did not get a contract on the show. One of the very few. In fact, as we record, the only winner who did not receive a contract thus far this season. So get ready for that on next week's show. Until then, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening to the debut episode of We Got Next. And just a reminder, stick with us over at MMA Fighting all week long because a lot is coming your way with UFC 266 coming up this Saturday night in Las Vegas. We'll see you next week right here on We Got Next. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.